0: This is The Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudborn My guest on this episode is composer, songwriter, and pianist Maria riccio O'Brice from Amsterdam, New York. Good to talk with you, Maria.
1: It's always lovely to talk to you, Bob. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Well, it's our pleasure. Maria riccio O'Bryce has chosen songs for from four of her original compositions, including Hearts of Fire, which deals with the Schenectady Massacre uh, back in the 1600s, and the Amsterdam Oratorio, and woven these songs together to form a brand-new history-themed work entitled Home Again. Where does the Home Again title come from?
1: Well, the Home Again title comes from a line in the opening of the Amsterdam Oratorio. The opening number of the Oratorio basically addresses, it's, it's as though the singers are talking from a great distance of the past that went before us and living here in the present. And the line that it refers to is, what once was home is home again, my Amsterdam. Whoa. And Bob, I have to tell you, one of the greatest honors of my life as a songwriter is that line is permanently engraved in the compass at the mvgo bridge
0: Mm-hmm. and what you're referring to is well the mohawk valley gateway overlook bridge but a lot of people still call it maybe i i included the pedestrian bridge uh, yes, over the mohawk yes, river
2: it's got
1: various uh, monikers but yep. I, th- 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 it's a mouthful the mohawk valley gateway <laughs> overlook but it's beautiful but um but anyway, yes, that that line is there, and so the title of my new show refers to that line. And in fact, you mentioned that some of the songs that are that are um, woven within this big piece of mine are from Hearts of Fire and the Amsterdam Oratorio. Of course, that song features.
0: Mm-hmm. And now, were you when surprised? You
1: attend, you'll hear the chorus belting that out. So.
0: Were you? Su- it sounds like you were. were you. Did you know they were going to put that line on the on the bridge, or were you surprised to see it?
1: I, I knew before I attended the opening, but only just. Um, and I, I was I was flabbergasted, but I was thrilled. And um, it's every time I walk by, it you can imagine um, it just gives me such a sense of it's validating, but also it makes me. You know, it makes me so proud as a daughter of Amsterdam mm-hmm. that my words are going to resonate when we're all long gone, and thats um, it's really a great honor, and I take it very seriously.
0: And that so, s- sentiment is specifically true for you, and really for me, and for many native of Amsterdam. We go away, but then we come back.
1: Exactly, and that was the genesis of the song that I wrote. As you know, Bob, you and I go way back, and you've heard me tell this story many times that um, I was born and raised here on Northampton Road in Amsterdam, the eldest of four sisters. And I felt early on as a young piano student and then as a young actress on the stage at Amsterdam High School with the great, great director recently passed, Bert DeRose, who I consider one of my very... um, Informative mentors mm-hmm. um, that I began to realize I felt I felt I had a calling in this world, and it was as as. As a, as a creator of theatre. And so I went as far away as I could because I was convinced I was going to what they used to call make the big time. Right. And I loved growing up here, but I didn't perceive at, at all that what Amsterdam could offer me would do anything for me professionally. So I went far, far away, and as fate would have it, I ended up coming back here as a young mother with three small boys and I ended up living on Guy Park Avenue in a home literally five minutes walk from the house on Northampton Road where I was raised. Mm. And That was a huge adjustment for me. And at first, I greeted it with, with frankly, dismay. Sure. <laughs> but it turned out to be the greatest blessing of my life. Mm. And I have been consistently inspired by the sort of rhythm or cadence Of life here exactly where we all are right now and it's informed my work and so um, I to have in a sense that line that's engraved on the bridge encapsulates the journey that I made from dismay to delight Um, and so of of course it's it's extremely validating and it's it's extremely (laughs) very very precious to me
0: in terms of your new show The theme is home, but you write that you're not simply talking about your street address. What are you talking about?
1: What I'm talking about, again, it's, you know, you know this too, without giving anything away, as we age, as we get older, I think we all become more of who we really are, and There comes with the gift of aging a sense of self-knowledge and also self-awareness. When you look back, you can see so many um, roads taken, so many paths that you followed that didn't necessarily make a great deal of sense at the time, but when you look at the grand sweep of the history of your life, it suddenly comes together. And so what I'm talking about with Home Again is, you're right, not the street address, but the places where our hearts our personas, our true selves, mm. feel that we are the most who we are meant to be. And for me, it's, it's not, I don't mean it's Guy Park Avenue, where I live, although I love my home, it's when I walk up the street, or when I walk along the river's edge, or when I, I drive in the car and the leaves are turning in the autumn, mm. I recognize I feel deep inside me, this is my. This is the backdrop of my entire life, and this is where I was meant to be. This is where I flourished. This is where I experienced so many things. This is where I experienced pain and loss, and this is where I also experienced such joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm talking about that. It's, it's the places in the heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me uh, um, outline the performances. Uh, the Historians Podcast, of course, will in a sense live maybe not forever, but will be on a- after the, your, uh, these performances are done. But uh, the debut comes a couple of weeks before you perform this show. Uh, it'll be done the weekend of February 21st through the 23rd. The performances will be at what's called the Burt DeRose Theater. You mentioned. Uh, Mr. DeRose, who was uh, Amsterdam drama coach and also a high school principal. Um, that's, that theater is at the uh, Amsterdam High School, which is uh, located just outside the city in the town of Amsterdam. Really beautiful uh, performance space. And um, the, on Friday, February 21st, it's at 7.30. Uh, Saturday, February 22nd, at 7.30. And Sunday, February 23rd, will be at 3 p.m. And the tickets are currently available from the Amsterdam Free Library because at least the first night's performance is a benefit for the library. Tickets are $15 for adults, $12 for seniors and students, and you can buy the tickets at the library, which is at 28 church street and they have an online address of course amsterdam uh, free library uh, dot something i forget if it was org or <laughs> dot gov probably dot org <laughs> and you can uh, buy them online and um, there will be in connection with the show following the friday performance and again the performances at the high school theater but the uh, following that there will be a reception, champagne reception, at the library, which is on uh, Church Street, and that's a separate cost. That costs uh, $30. Anything you'd like to add to that?
1: That was perfectly done, <laughs> but I just will add on the behalf of the library, the $30 ticket for the benefit would include the show and the reception.
0: Right. And, uh, and the library, well, as long as we've run up the library, why did you choose them as a beneficiary?
1: Well, you know they kind of it was again, it was kind of serendipitous. I had mm-hmm. been asked several times to, to repeat the production of the Amsterdam Oratorio, which if you know, your listeners might not realize, I wrote that in 2001.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a thing apart. Bob, and it was a whole year of my life from writing to production, and who knew when I was doing that, that September 11th would occur, because the dates for the oratorio performances were a few weeks later, October 5th, 6th, and 7th, 2001, Mm -hmm. and everything was so very heightened, everything was so heightened, everything seemed like anything could happen, and so, when the oratorio was sung, um, it seemed to me, and I didn't plan this at all, of course, how could I? When I was writing it, I had nobody has any knowledge of what's to befall, but I felt that um, my words somehow, as all of us struggled to go forward and to make sense of this new country we were in, I felt my words created a sort of bomb, but... It was for that particular time and so whenever i was asked to do it again i just i knew it couldn't be replicated it was specific to exactly what went on in our country right then and in the lives of all of us living here Mm -hmm. so i didn't do it again but i was I, i felt um i've been feeling increasingly that i would like to do something else here in this community you know your listeners may not be aware of this there's a long historic tradition of fabulous musicians from Amsterdam, New York. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's in the water <laughs> or in the air, but the from the Mohawk Valley Chorus to the individuals who've gone on to be performers to the the marching rams, we've and then particularly the Bert DeRose productions, which I'm sure some of your older listeners will remember as just being peak theater experiences. And I'm not kidding.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there seems to be something here that, that inspires um, beautiful music. And so it would be my pleasure to, to try to create something here for the audiences, but specifically with my local Amsterdamians, who love to perform and are so very good. So I was kind of thinking that I might like to do something. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the library approached me because I don't know the politics. I'm completely apolitical. I'm a musician. I know nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'll just say this. Um, There was um, a a great windfall of funding that came through to Amsterdam, New York, some months ago, and the library is one of the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. But they need to raise some matching funds of their own. So I was approached by Sue Kazilis, who's the head of the library board, whether I might consider doing a production of the Amsterdam Oratorio um, as a fundraiser. And I told her, not the Oratorio, but, you know, I'm thinking of doing a sort of retrospective of my work. Would you be interested in that? So I met with Sue and, and Nicole Hemsley, who's the, um, the director of the Amsterdam Free Library, and we kind of threw a few ideas along into the air, and the three of us women got very excited because it seemed a perfect match. Mm-hmm. You know, that building, I think, is amongst the most beautiful in our city, the Amsterdam Free Library. And in terms of my own life, it, it was my mother's favorite place. Mm-hmm. and I loved it, too, and so did my three sons. So I'm delighted to be able to offer the production, the, the first performance, as a, as a benefit to them.
0: We'll have more of the Historians podcast in just a moment. Our guest is Maria riccio Bryce. Uh To continue producing the Historians podcast, we depend on your contributions to our 2020 Fund Drive. The goal is $4,500 for the year, It's easy to contribute online. We have a GoFundMe page. Uh, You can find the link to the GoFundMe page on my homepage, bobcudmore.com, or you can uh, donate by mail, make out a check to Bob Cudmore, and send to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Your ongoing support is much appreciated. On the Historians podcast, we're joined by composer, songwriter, and pianist Maria Riccio Bryce from Amsterdam, New York creator of a brand new uh, history-themed work, if you will, uh, called Home Again, which will be performed at the uh, end of February, February 21st through the uh, 23rd. That's a a weekend at Amsterdam High School's Bert de Rose Theater, and as we've discussed already, a benefit for the Amsterdam Library. You've uh, 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 kind of answered this already, but Home Again is a full-length show, which you wrote, is entirely sung. Who are the singers?
1: The singers are, I have, I believe it's exactly 42 cast members, men, women, and children, largely from Amsterdam. You know, I've as I told you, I've done a few productions here before, notably the Amsterdam Oratorio. So within that, that framework, I have singers, local singers who've become friends Who have always been so respectful of my work and enjoy singing with me and I have nine children Um, many of them I saw I'd like to plug this St. Mary's Institute um, led by Joan Crone has been developing a a mini theater program of its own and that they do a musical every March This is elementary school. Really? And last summer, they did a summer production. And I'd love to see that little idea grow, because back to Bert Rose again, that was, those are the Recreation Department productions. But I felt other than, of course, I adored performing in them. But it was a great way for the whole community to have an event in the summer that seemed to bring us all together because it seemed to me a cast of thousands in those shows. Bob, you yourself performed in many of <laughs> right. them, didn't you?
0: Yes, oh, no, I did for a couple of years. Yes, uh, and it, it did. It's, it seemed like everybody was there. Did uh, it? And yeah. then
1: it, it was in the performances... it it seemed to me the houses were packed. Yeah. So I'd love to see that kind of thing happen again. But at any rate, I went to see this very first summer theater product, summer production at St. Mary's, A Frozen. And I saw these young kids who really were sensationally Good. So I chose some of them who, whose parents, you know, that's a lot of commitment for parents with children, mm-hmm. but they agreed to to let their kids participate with rehearsals in the evening and so forth. So I've got nine kids, and then I've got, I think the local audiences will be very familiar with some of the performers in the show, but I've got a few. For example, there's a song from the Amsterdam Oratorio that I've included in Home Again. Mm-hmm it called Don't Say You Don't Know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it addresses the, the Latino community in our city. Mm-hmm. And with the oratorio in 2001, it's a solo number, and it was sung by a 15-year-old Amy Melendez, mm-hmm. who I couldn't get over her poise and the beauty of her expression. She was wonderful as a 15-year-old. Well, now she's a happily married woman, married to a fellow named Juan Soler, who is a dancer, and they have a delightful marriage, three kids, and she's singing the number again. Really? Yes, in Home Again, and joining her are those St. Mary's Institute kids plus Amy's three children.
0: Now, does Amy live in Amsterdam, or is she, too, seeking her fortune somewhere else now?
1: I thought, when she was 15 years of age, I thought she was either going to be the new Mariah Carey or the first female president of the United States. That was my assessment of her then. She's a nurse at Broad Alvin Schools. Okay. She's a fabulous wife and mother, and um, I I just—it's, again, if we're fortunate to live long enough, Bob, um, within the history of our own lives, how— thrilling it is for me to see this, this girl who I thought was so courageous to sing the song that she sang with its message, which is a little bit loaded, um, and now here she is with her children and her husband on the stage. So that, that feels wonderful to me.
0: Also, you uh, we've mentioned that you're using some of the music from Hearts of Fire, which was uh, from 1990. You've described that as, at other times as your magnum opus
1: Oh. Uh, well, so I consider it as such. And, you know, again, it was on the Historians podcast that you had me speaking of Hearts of Fire. That was, that, that's what really changed my life. And that's, that's how I made my peace with being here. You know, I was um, a young, much younger woman, and I was beginning my career as a composer and actress and theater director and all that stuff up here, which is, it's hard to get work in this area, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, When the then executive director at Proctor's, um, Dennis Madden, spoke to me, this is in 1990, and said, you know, the city of Schenectady is, is gearing up to celebrate the 300th anniversary of the Schenectady massacre, which was February 8th, 1690. And he said, I wish that somebody could come up with something to commemorate it. So, knowing literally nothing about the Schenectady Massacre, (laughs) but wanting so badly to work in this this field, and beginning to hear a little bit of a something in my mind, I pursued the idea. And I familiarized myself with the events surrounding that horrific event. Um, But then... As you know, I am not an historian, I don't pretend to be. Mm-hmm. I'm a musician. Right. But I was so astonished by the humanity, the human details of that event three hundred plus years ago in our neck of the woods, because the town of Schenectady was destroyed mm-hmm. and and horribly so mercilessly so. It was it was like their mini September 11th, I suppose. I mean, there were so many lies and so many fabrications and so many evil twists. Um, but what what astonished me, the part of the, the true historic fact was, they could have then said, the survivors could have then said, that's it, pack up all our toys, we're leaving. But they elected instead to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And that's It was that 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 inspired what I wrote about it, but it also caused me to look very seriously at my own life. And it's that that sort of adage, when you're about to lose something, suddenly you see it in all its glory. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, the things you took for granted, now they're being threatened, or now they're gone, Mm -hmm. become the most precious jewels that you didn't realize you were possessing. And so that, writing Hearts of Fire, and at the same time, um, my father had been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and I was caring for him. And he was the perennial stage father. He was so proud of me, and he <laughs> believed in me greatly. So at the same time I was writing it, I was tending to him. Mm-hmm. And the high point of his day would be when I'd come and to sing to him in his house at Northampton Road, five minutes away what I'd written that day, and he he actually made it to the opening night performance Mm -hmm. of Hearts of Fire. But yes, in in the new show, Home Again, again, the theme is home. So the very first song in Home Again, in a few weeks' time, actually, I'm singing, and I don't often do this. Mm. I don't often perform in my own work. In fact, I don't think I've ever done that. Hmm. Oh, no, I did in swan song. But so I'm very brazenly stepping forward into the light, and I'm singing the very first song, which is called Come Home. And it's the opening number from Hearts of Fire, and it's also now the opening number of Home Again.
0: Hmm. There's another uh, family member that uh, who will be involved in this production who was involved in the Amsterdam Oratorio uh, if I was hearing you correctly, we're <laughs> preparing for this—that uh, your son or one of your sons uh, will s- uh, sing a-, a piece called Requiem, which I remember was one of the most moving uh, parts of the um, of the Amsterdam Oratorio, especially since it debuted so soon after uh, 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that, or, or is it true it's going to be in the, this piece as well?
1: Yes, the requiem will be featured in Home Again, and it's an eight-minute piece, and I wrote it from the Amsterdam Oratorio. It honors all the young men who gave their lives in the wars of the twentieth century. And again, until you actually start delving into the past, I can't get over. I, when I was thinking that I wanted to write this for the Oratorio, I had no idea how many Bob. It's the number is staggering. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my son Pete, at the time, was a student, uh, was a sophomore Mm -hmm. at Harvard, which, and that's kind of why I wrote the oratorio. He's my baby. He's my youngest of three. And, you know, Amsterdam, again, I'm, I'm raising my sons here. They gave my children so much. So after I had deposited Pete, as a freshman at Harvard, I was driving home and that's kind of when I got the idea for the oratorio. I thought, I've got to do something. I've got to give something back. But at any rate, Pete, Pete loves to sing and he's, he's got quite a good voice. So, he was then 19 years old when he sang the Requiem and he's now, well, you can figure out how old he is. He won't appreciate that. Right. But he's an attorney in New York City and he'll be coming home to sing it again. And I want your listeners to know, while The song is being sung while the requiem is being sung. I have the names of those fellas, those boys who gave their lives, being read sort of sotto voce under the singing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so pleased to to tell your listeners that I invite very carefully who I'd like to read the names. And Mm -hmm. I've invited Bob Cudmore to be one of the readers of the names at the Sunday matinee that's 3 p.m. On February 23rd. So if you'd like to see my show, but also see Bob Cudmore on the stage, that's that's the, that's yeah. the performance to attend.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly looking forward to it. And I remember when we've talked in the past about um, the um, Requiem from Oratorio, it seemed to me you told a story about your father, in a sense, making you go to a young man's wake yes. who had died yes. during the Vietnam War. Yes.
1: Yes, that's right. My goodness, you're a fabulous historian. How do you remember this? But anyway, yes, it was Lawrence Selmer, who was the son of then-police chief Selmer, who was killed in Vietnam. And I think, I'm not sure if I was 16 or 17, but the town turned out in droves at this young person's wake, uh, he, I believe, he was the only child of Mr. and Mrs. Selmer, and my father, who was planning to attend the wake, insisted that I go with him. My mother was was saying, "Oh, come on, Peter!" But he, he, my sister Michaela and I we were the two eldest. Went into their funeral home. I, I, honestly, I can see him now. It was this young man with his, this brilliant young man with his life spread before him was lying in the casket as if asleep. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I thought, how can this be that I, just a few years younger, I'm going on to live my life and this young man's life has come to an end in the service of our country? no matter what you felt about our politics at the time, and we all know now what a scourge that was, but we won't talk about that. Um, But I never, ever ever forgot it. And so, when I thought about what I would write for my town in the Amsterdam Oratorio, it's a piece of 16 songs, and I would say, you're right, the one that kind of means the most to me is the Requiem, Mm -hmm. because I felt honor-bound, duty-bound to address that. And... Um, I also, also, whose name is Red, was, I didn't know him well because he was a few years older than I, but Michael Lynch, mm-hmm. who was such a beautiful kid, he was president of the Amsterdam High School Drama, Drama, Drama. Club.
0: Our guest today, Maria Ricky O'Brien whose show, Home Again, will be performed February 21st through February 23rd at Amsterdam High School's Bert de Theatre uh, as a benefit for Amsterdam Free Library. You have been listening to The Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.